Welcome to the Main Event Sports Show with your host, Haven Harrington, Rashawn Myers, produced by Jay Hare. The Main Event Sports Show is brought to you by Verizon Wireless, Lavish Life Hair Boutique, The Peer Group, and Future Promotions. You can listen to the Main Event Sports Show every Saturday from 6 to 7 p.m. on 104.7 FM, WLOU. You can also catch past episodes of the Main Event Sports Show on Stitcher.com. Just search Main Event Sports Radio. You can catch us on Twitter at MeSports. You can catch us on Facebook at Main Event Sports Radio. You can also catch us on the Internet at MainEventSports101.com. And don't forget, you can take the Main Event Sports Show with you wherever you go by downloading the Main Event Sports app. Just go to your favorite Play Store or App Store and search with the keywords Main Event Sports Radio. It's now time. For the main event. From the High Regency uh, New Year's Eve Bass with your number one sports show, Main Event, with your host, Haven Harrington, Rashawn Myers. We are here live on top of the sparrow. Was it the sparrow? We're on top of the world, man. On right top now. of the world. Yeah, we're on top of the world. The Spire Club, the Spire Club, High Regency, 4th Street, downtown Louisville is going down big tonight. Yes, New Year's Eve, Jay. The High Regency family here, the employees, the staff here is so genuine. They do a great job, professional job here at the High Regency, taking care of us. Your number one sports show. Ladies and gentlemen, please make your way here for the biggest New Year's Eve bash going to take place tonight at 8 o'clock. And they already sold 600 tickets. 600 tickets for this prize. 600 tickets. Yeah, yeah, 600 tickets. Hey, so you know what, Jay? I tell you what. It has been a long day already. I'm going to cut it to you about your, about your sports. Oh, man, we have been hitting the road. We, you know, we got up early. Yes. Um, it, it's been absolutely ridiculous, um, just everything that's been going on. We hit up to Indy. Uh, of course, we're keeping track on everything going on down in Orlando, the Buffalo Wild Wings Citrus Bowl. Um, it's been a crazy day, but you know what? That's what it's all about. When, the main, when it's time... For the big party? Big party. That's what main event sports does. That's what it does. They ain't nothing like a That's main event do. party. Like a main event party, don't stop. Don't stop. Don't stop. <laughs> We're ready to break in a new year tonight uh, for 10, 11 years with the main event sports show. And uh, we here live on top of the Hyde Regency 4th Street. Ladies and gentlemen, Louisville, we see you all over this city tonight. Shining, shining. Oh the city God, is shining. It's beautiful up here. And, 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 of course, the Spire Club, if, if you've been here, uh, they have the rotating floor up here at the very top of the Hyatt Regency. We have an absolutely pristine, beautiful outlook across beautiful downtown Louisville. We see the uh, ice skating rink, yes. uh, the river, the new bridges that nobody drives across because it costs too much. Uh, <laughs> they, they have so many things. Uh, that, that we that you have to be able to look at. It's an amazing event. Uh, Jay has, of course, you're going to be one of the MCs on the event tonight, and I'm very, very yeah, excited to see yeah, what you're Yeah, I'm hosting uh, the VIP. Yes, yeah, so I'm going to be hosting that. The VIP. The VIP, yes. Haven right. Harrington, Rashawn Myers, we're broadcasting live, main event sports. You guys have been covering some of the biggest college basketball game across this country at the top. At the end of the year, we're going to cover so much at the beginning of the year. Also, too, it was a kind of rucky day today at 11 o'clock, CBS National Televised with your University of Louisville, 13 cards, roll into Tampa, no, Orlando, and yeah. Uh, LSU did the SmackDown on the Hatton Trophy. And, and, and you know what? I, I'm going to have to ask Haven about uh, this game because, Haven, um, 
29 to 9. Um, just absolute domination. I'm not, I, I just really don't know what to say about this football team. What do you think about it? Man, they ended the year on a bad note. The last three games were just complete and utter domination by the opponents. I, I don't know what happened to this little football team. Well, actually, I take that back. I have a pretty good idea of what happened to this little football team. But the last three games, uh, horrendous. Just a horrible way to end the season. First, you get blown out by Houston on Thursday night. Then you get, you lose Kentucky. And then you get blown out by LSU in the bowl game. And the bowl game was never in doubt. It was never really competitive. LSU dominated the game from start to finish. Yeah, you know what? It, it was it was a very difficult game. Uh, you know, Louisville was never able to get anything going. But I think this kind of leads to more questions. When you look at Louisville and the fact that they weren't able to do anything uh, over that long of a stretch of time, um, it kind of speaks to what's going to happen next year. I mean, you know, Lamar Jackson, the Heisman Trophy winner, um, was <laughs> I don't want to say he wasn't Heisman Trophy-like, but he wasn't really Heisman Trophy like the last several weeks. So, I mean, there's questions about the offense. There's questions about the offensive line. Um, you know, some people were upset uh, with Todd Grantham because of his defense and the points that they gave up the last several games. Um, so I think you have more questions than answers right now. So, you know, I, I was talking to Tony Vanetti, um, you know, our, our buddy over there at 790 uh, during the game, and he said that, uh, you know, maybe this – manages the expectations for next year. Maybe everybody's expectations won't be crazy uh, for next season, but I, I don't know. I mean, do you think this makes things better or worse for Louisville heading into the next year? You know, it's hard to say because they have so much to work on. You have your offensive line play, which was once again horrendous. I mean, just horrendous. I mean, I can't even say how bad this offensive line play was. It was so bad. Lamar had exactly zero time in the pocket. Literally, they snapped the ball to him, and he was running. It was just, it was bad. No running holes, no lanes, all types of pressures. I mean, LSU was getting pressure in sacks with, with rushing three guys. That should never happen. You rush three guys, and then get pressure. I mean, it was – Louisville actually needs to do a lot of soul searching. Okay, I can see losing to Houston. That's one thing. Even though you was both unprepared, and it was obvious that you were not prepared for whatever Houston was going to do. Okay, I'll let that slide. Lose to Kentucky? No. You can't slide. No. I cannot let that slide. You cannot lose Kentucky. Ever. Yeah. Ever. No, I, I agree. And, and, you know, that that speaks to it. You, you, you kind of um, – you can look away from the Houston game and just say, okay – Louisville went into a hornet's nest. Houston is a team that was talented but had not had a good season. Um, that's fine. They kind of got caught. But there's no excuse for what happened uh, with this team This, the, you know, a, a against Kentucky the end of the year. I don't care. Georgia Tech went out there and put a beat down on the Wildcats like they should have done, like Louisville should have done. They didn't. It was embarrassing the last game of the season. And then to come in against this uh, you know, this LSU team, which we know they have a good defense. Um, I thought Louisville's defense did okay today. I think simply the offense didn't do anything. They didn't move the ball. They didn't sustain any drives, and the defense got worn out. So even though you were looking at a shorthanded uh, offense, even though you were looking at um, a, a team that 
uh, was up against it. You had jo- uh, Josh Harvey Clemens was not there. Um, Shaq Wiggins was not there. Tremaine Washington was not there. Um, I think that this Louisville team still played admirably on the defensive well, side. But the defense in this game played well enough to win. Defense did everything they were supposed to. The offense, at one point going to the fourth quarter, the offense was 0 for 13 on third downs. You can't be 0 for 13 on third downs against LSU and expect to win. It just doesn't happen. Louisville converted zero third downs. I think at the end of the game, they may have like two conversions on third downs. At one point, they have negative 25 yards rushing. I mean, this was a complete and utter collapse by the offense. You know, we said it while we're watching the game when we was in, in IU, and I'm going to say it again. This is all on Bobby Petrino. I said after Houston. I said after Kentucky. I started kind of air my grievances after the Wake and Duke game. Nobody would believe me. Nobody would listen to me because we won those games. But like I got told people, you can, you can see the decline start towards the middle of the season. Once teams figured out how to attack the offensive line, which apparently just means just run a stunt because he can't handle a stunt. But the offense already regressed. But see, behaving, and you know what? I hear you when you say that, and I hear you when you say that, you know, the stunning and things. But we saw Florida State run stunts. We saw Clemson's defense run stunts. We saw this early in the season, and you didn't have that. So, I I mean, to me, I think that that is a part of it. But I – I just I don't I don't I think I don't know if Bobby Petrino knows what he's doing with his offense. I, I think that there are some serious question marks about scheme. I think there's serious question marks about um, you know the way Louisville can find easy yards. I mean, when, when was the last time, or when was the time you would ever think that you would ever hear come out of your mouth? We don't understand what Bobby is doing on, on offense. Yeah, there were no screws. I mean, when the pressure is coming like that, and granted, you don't have to blitz, but when you get in pressure like that. You have slant plays. We can hurry to get the ball out of Lamar's hands quickly. Slants, screens, wheel routes. It's all bubble screens, jet sweeps. It's all sorts of things you can do to get the ball out of the quarterback's hands and go. Absolutely. And we did none of those things. None of those things. No, I mean, and that was my issue is that the fact that they they just did not – I did not see this Louisville team adjust. Uh, You know, Bobby Petrino's game plan for Kentucky and Houston – Garbage. That was pretty much the same game plan they had for LSU. Hot garbage. It was terrible. I mean, you, they couldn't move the ball. They couldn't sustain any drives. To me, I almost, you know, Kentucky's a basketball state, so I'm going to make a basketball analogy. Um, it was almost akin to a team that's a bad three-point shooting team, and all they're coming down is doing is shooting threes every time. And, and that's the Louisville offense to me. I think that Louisville's not doing – they're not working with the personnel that they have. I don't know that they are doing or putting their guys in the best – position to succeed, which was something that was always a strength of Bobby Petrino the first time around. You know, use your players. Feed the studs. Feed the studs and do let them do what they do best. And I just don't see it right now. It's not. It's not. Like James Quick probably had his best game this year. I, you know, I'm, I've never said this about James Quick, but I'm going to say it now. They probably should have targeted James Quick more because wow. he actually had a great game. You know, feed the studs. Feed the hot hands. Louisville just didn't do that. They didn't try the bubble screens. They didn't try to get the ball in Travion Samuel's hands. They tried uh, one time with the jailbreak screen, and it was blocked. But the play was open. The play was wide open. The guy was, like, running through. But, you know, those things you have to do. 
No, I, I totally agree with you. I mean, th- there needs to be some soul searching. I don't know what's going to happen uh, in terms of uh, next year. I don't know what coaches are going to be leaving. We pretty much know what players are going to be leaving. Um, but I think if Bobby Petrino was trying to sell guys on, hey, you can come in and play right now on the offensive line, I, I would think that that's a pitch that uh, is is – being heard well uh, around the recruiting ranks because, you know, Louisville does need some help, but I think that Coach Petrino did not do anything uh, to help his offensive line. If you have an offensive line, you know they can't stand there and, and block for these long pass patterns. Why are you constantly calling long pass patterns over and over and over again? Why not like, roll the pocket? Roll the pocket, bootleg, uh, you know, screen pass, dump-offs, short slants, crossing off. routes. Anything that you can do to slow down that defense, and I just don't think Louisville's doing it. Louisville has suffered the second half of this season from a lot of self-inflicted wounds, and I think that it's not just about the players. It's not just to simply, oh, well, the offensive line sucks. What upsets me is the fact that you have a coaching staff that you would think is smart enough to make adjustments to help your team out, and I just don't think they helped the players be as good as they could have been. I know they couldn't have. And, you know, one of the things from reading Twitter, social media, and other things – uh, the first time I, I've actually seen this was now people kind of begin to call for Kanakis' job, the offensive line coach. You're going to Bobby's, uh, what, fourth year here? Yeah. Offensive line has not gotten any better since day one, since he's been here. The offensive line is still the same from the first day he got here to now. No improvements at all. And you know what? I know we're about to hit our first break, and I'm going to tell you why that's not going to happen. But we're going to hold that till break. So we're going to go ahead, hit up the first break. You are listening to the, the main event sports New Year's Eve spectacular. The Spire Club going on here at the Hyatt Regency Hotel, 4th Street, downtown Louisville. New Year's Eve is going down big. Jay Haz uh, and company, Tia Maria, uh, just everybody. Carrie McMullen, everybody's going to be here tonight. It's going to be an absolutely amazing event. Come on down. If you don't have your tickets, very, very limited tickets left. Uh, but come on down tonight. It's going to be a great party. There's going to be three venues. You have the VIP up in the Spire Club, as well as uh, two venues uh, downstairs in the two conference room so it's going to be absolutely an amazing event tonight make sure you come out you are listening to the main event sports show 104.7 wlou the new home of the time joining morning show and we'll be back surrounding area, DC Enterprises hit its first annual Black and White Affair. 2016 New Year's Eve celebration. The most sophisticated 30 and over New Year's Eve party in the South for the mature professionals and entrepreneurs. Saturday, September 31st, 8 p.m. in the morning at the Hot Hotel downtown. 311 South 4th Street, Louisville, Kentucky. Both of our WLOUs, 104.7 FM, JS. Louisville, Kimberly, Wow. Co-owner and CEO of Same Day Auto. We specialize in brake systems, charging systems, parting systems, EC charging systems, and much more. We're located on 445 North 41st Street. Or give me a call at 502-416-1400. 
And welcome back to the Maven Sports Show. We're broadcasting live from the Higher Regency Hotel at the Spires. Getting ready for the big New Year's big, Eve. For the big New Year's. Big New Year's. I'm excited, man. And uh, Main Event Sports Show, we're here broadcasting live here at the High Regency at the top of the roof, what we call it, the Sparrow. It's going to turn. The Spire. Spire Club. It's going to turn. It's yeah. going to turn. Jerry, you sound countries. I don't know what. Yeah, it's going to turn. It's going to turn. It's going to turn. Spurs. But listen, we broadcast a live Main Event Sports Show. Haven and Rashawn and myself, you've been, like I said, you've been covering a lot of sports. And uh, a big game happened tonight with uh, Rick Bettino and uh, Indiana. And uh, Rick pulled it out. And he couldn't do it against uh, Virginia the other night, Rashawn Myers. Yes, sir. It was it was a tough night uh, for Louisville. Um, of course, so you had the Virginia Cavaliers coming in on Wednesday for the ACC opener. Um, they were not able to get it done. Uh, Coach Patino said um, it's, it's something about that voodoo that you do when it comes to the the uh, Virginia Cavaliers. Um, you know, unfortunately, Tony Bennett and what those guys do uh, it confounds Coach Patino's offense. I think that uh, the things that Virginia does well, um, you know, it just it, it's just difficult. It, it's, it's a difficult matchup. I think that Louisville will be fine. I, I felt that they would be fine. And they came out and, and showed that uh, this afternoon at Bankers Life Fieldhouse. I mean, Donovan Mitchell started out a little rough, taking some bad shots, not playing within his game. But, man, in the second half, Donovan heated up. No, Donovan. It was raining threes, dropping bombs like Vietnam. Well, Coach Patino... Um, went to some motivational things for Donovan Mitchell, and he basically set him down, put him on the bench, he benched him. And, you know, Coach Patino was always telling everybody who will listen, I know, trust me, because I got yelled at one year for asking about uh, him benching Chris Jones. I still remember that. My my behind is still a little bit tanned from that ex- exchange. But um, he said, you know, even though it doesn't matter who starts, I told him I was upset that I had to bench you because you weren't, a star. You weren't being a star. You were coming out here and just doing anything. Uh, and it seemed like it motivated Donovan. 25 points, uh, hit four of eight threes, um, was very, very dynamic, attacking the basket, getting steals, being a factor. And, you know, he's been a factor defensively. He's leading the ACC in steals right now. Um, but you needed to see more with him scoring the basketball. We've been waiting for Donovan Mitchell and Dingadell to kind of step up and be those stars. Those guys, those guys were stars um, this afternoon, and it was an absolutely electric show. Coach Patino uh, seemed to be very, very happy about that. Um, but now you got an issue. Going to Notre Dame. The, the fourth of their four straight top 25 teams, Louisville. I don't even remember the last team, time Louisville won a game at Notre Dame. I, I remember the T-Will uh, Elite Eight team uh, that, that went up there to Notre Dame, lost by like 25. I remember the national championship year. Louisville went up there to Notre Dame. They lost that game. Uh, Garrick Sherman, the big guy for Notre Dame, had like 18 points. 
off the bench, the big redhead. Um, something about Notre Dame and, and Louisville. It's always a good game, but it usually always end up in one, two, three overtimes. It's going to be a battle. Usually Louisville wins all the games in Louisville. Usually Notre Dame wins all the games up in South Bend. So we'll have to see what happens, uh, but that's going to be next up for the cards. So they can't celebrate for too long, but I do think that all these teams – fit better into the style that Louisville likes to play. They're not a Virginia. They're not going to slow it down. They're not going to make it ugly. They're going to go out there. They're going to shoot, 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 shoot. They're going to play a lot of man-to-man. Notre Dame plays like literally no defense. I think in adjusted defense, they're outside the top 250. So they're not trying to play any defense at all. They just want to get the ball and go. So we'll have to see what happens. Which is good because that fits right into Louisville's offensive game plan, which is shoot, shoot, and shoot. That's one thing that Patino made clear in a press conference after the game, that he wants his guys to shoot more. You know, normally here coaches tell guys to shoot less, but he wants them to shoot more. So if you got an open shot, just take it. Absolutely. Because he believes this is a great shooting team, and the only way to be a good shooting team is you have to take shots. Now, don't take those bad contested shots, right. which he said, which is true, which oh. was Donovan Mitchell. Oh, the first gosh, game, the transition is- three. Donovan Mitchell, I know you're a big fan of the main event sports show. You're my dude. You know what I'm saying? We had a nice little pound at the press conference on media day. Bruh, stop shooting the transition three off the sprint. Like, literally, that is the worst shot in basketball. The only guy I've ever seen hit that shot consistently was Steve Nash. He's an NBA player. He's a Hall of Famer and a two-time MVP. And last time I checked, Donovan Mitchell was a sophomore sitting at Louisville not knowing if he's going to get drafted or not. So, you know, you're a good player. You have the potential to be a great player. But please stop shooting the transition three. It's a horrible shot. It's a horrible look. And you're not nearly good enough to take that shot. But, yeah, yeah on a catch and shoot. Catch and shoot, he's perfect. He's money. Step back. Absolutely. Uh, He's okay. He's okay. He's okay on a step back. Let, let, let's just, you know, but don't, let, we don't need Steph Curry. You're not Chef Curry. You, you, you're not. You're not James Harden. You're not Clay Thompson. He's not You're Donovan like Mitchell. That. You're an athletic guy. You attack the basket. You get fouled. You go to the basket. Eight of 16 shooting today. Four of eight from three. Had about five steals. Uh, was just a factor. He, uh, he was the one guy Indiana could not do anything about. Well, no, he wasn't the one guy. There's one more guy Indiana couldn't do anything with either. Oh. My man, Anas Ralph Macchio Mahmoud. <laughs> I'm y'all, telling you, that you're man. always on this man with the Ralph Macchio, man. man. He look. He has like the perfect like Ralph Macchio hairstyle from Karate Kid, <laughs> and he has yet to cut it. And don't because I love you for it, brother. I love you for it. But Anas was unstoppable in the paint. The man's post moves were magnificent, blocked shots, facilitated the offense, great passing. I mean, he was exactly what Louisville needed at that particular time. Well, you know what? He got he got the start today uh, over Mango Matiang. He played extremely well today. Um, you know, I, I really liked the lineup that Coach Patino had out there. VJ King got the start as well. Things did not go as well for VJ. He hit a nice little mid-range jump shot early, early in the game. And went goat. And that was the last we heard of VJ King. I, I think that VJ King, once again, everybody's trying to push this kid like he's ready to be LeBranford Smith, like right now, like immediately. We, we, you know, put him in the game, he's going to get you 20 every night. No, he's not ready for that. He is, no, he is not ready for that. You can tell that the moment got to be too big for him. He just doesn't have. And, a, and, and then you can see when the crowd started getting into it, yeah. the noise started getting into it, he was kind of slow on defense. He was very slow to rotate. His man kind of drove past him a couple of times because his, his feet were slow. But, you know, I think as he gets more experience, and I'm, and I'm happy that. You know, Rick left him in the game as long as he did because he needs these viable 
game minutes. Well, well see, he's going to be in a hostile environment. He's going to have to learn this is not AAU ball. No. This is high-level Division One ball. You have to play harder. You have to play differently. You have to play faster than what you did in AAU. So step it up or you're going to get stepped on. Absolutely. I agree with you. And, and I think that, um, you know, the, the biggest issue uh, with freshmen, and, and I always say it, freshmen seem to have that I'm cool thing going on. Like, I'm too cool. Like, you know, I glide down the court and I glide on defense and I glide when I'm doing. I got to look cool and smooth on the court. And VJ's still in that freshman I'm cool stage. And, and you have to have, you have to play basketball, especially at the highest level with a sense of urgency. And, and I don't feel that sense of urgency. Uh, Earl Clark was like that. It was just kind of, I'm cool. And I'm going out here and I'm Earl Clark's like that for so. like three years. Yeah. <laughs> It took her a little while, but but that sense of urgency, when, you know, for for a freshman, uh, is something that's always an issue. So I, I think that's something that he's got to learn. And like you said, going out there taking live fire—that's the only way you're going to get better. Um, but he's got to, to to step that up because you've got to go out there, you got to get your shots off quick, and especially on defense, you have to dig. You've got to go hard. Um, but he'll get better. And when Louisville can go out there. Not maybe play their A game. I'd say I'd give them a strong B-plus game today um, for them to go out there and handle Indiana pretty easily. Indiana didn't really threaten Louisville for the most part. It seemed like it was a pretty easy victory. I mean, yeah, for the first, like, you know, 10, 15, if I would say first maybe 10, 15 minutes, it was kind of nip and tuck. While IU kind of, you know, mounting a little surge. But after that, with five minutes to go in the first half, the rest of the game, it, it was all over. And, and you could tell IU offense was not there. Uh, the shots weren't dropping. Louisville's defense has smothered everything they tried to do. I mean, even with the ticky-tacky fouls that they were calling on Louisville's big men, it didn't matter. No. Louisville's too deep, too tall, too long. I had no answers. And, and you know what? I think that's the, been the biggest thing for Louisville, and even against Kentucky, against Indiana. The only team that really wasn't bothered by Louisville's length and quickness was Virginia. I mean, literally, Virginia uh, was the one team that just came out, and that's a team that necessarily was isn't a great offensive team, but they played spectacularly on the offensive end on Wednesday night. I mean, it was impressive what Virginia was able to do um, on Wednesday night against that Louisville defense, but other than Virginia, everybody, it takes them a while to get used to just how quick, just how long, just how athletic Louisville is. And I think that's something that a lot of folks have to adjust to. And it takes them a while in games to really catch up. For Indiana, I don't know if they ever got used to it. I mean, uh, 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 Bryant, uh, Thomas Bryant was uh, flustered uh, down low. Uh, Anas Mahmoud did a great job of keeping him from getting where he wanted. You know, which is uh, kind of weird because you would have thought that the bigger Ray Spalding would have done a better job on Bryant. But it's really a Nas that was able to shut Brian down, and, and Ray kind of got used a couple of times by Brian. Well, well, well Ray um, was uh, Jawan Morgan, the uh, power forward, the kind of undersized power forward uh, for Indiana. He was, goes about 6'8", about 230, uh, was manhandling Ray Spalding. I think Ray Spalding is an excellent help defender. He's very good with your help side block shots. Um, he's very quick. He's very good defensively, actually, when he's guarding smaller players, guards, small forwards. Um, but when he gets against a very physical uh, low post player, um, he tends to get manhandled a little bit. He gave up a few offensive rebounds today uh, and really, really got used on, on the low block. I mean, Indiana, those two guys, Morgan uh, and Bryant, are the guys that Indiana looks for for toughness. And it really did seem like Mahmoud, who was the guy who previously, you know, in previous had years, used, had the same problem. And we saw that sophomore Mahmoud had those issues 
Junior Mahmoud does not have those issues. I think the same thing could be said about Ray Spalding. You know, sophomore Ray Spalding, yeah, he's still dealing with the physicality and the toughness. He thinks he needs a little bit more strength, uh, you know, getting the weight room a little bit longer. I think he'll be fine next year, but he's gotten a lot better. So, he's I mean, I, I can't that. He needs to put on a little more weight because his post game is so much different than Anas. Like, Anas, Anas has learned how to use his lack of size. Like, Anas is tall and long. But what he's like right. a buck thirty girth, yeah, he doesn't have a yeah. nice, nice but, backside. Like but what he's done side. is he's, he lets guys get into him, yes, and then uses long arms. He's to block the shots He's from gang- he's, he's like an octopus. He is, he, you know. He's he's like olive oil. He's like he's got like eight arms. You know, it's like the guys, the big guys, gotta get into his chest. But his arms are so long that even when you think you have the advantage to kind of go over the top, he can still with and, those kind of go go gadget arms <laughs> go up and, and block and, shots. And that's like what he does. He lets guys get into him. He lets them. Pull up the shot, and then he either blocks it, or sometimes I, I saw this a lot today. He goes ahead and he rotates, let the guy goes past him a little bit, right? And then and blocks get it the from shot behind. and get it from behind, yeah. Because now he's learned how to use his lack of size mm-hmm. to his advantage, and now it's become Mr. Windex on the inside and blocking so many shots. Oh yeah. Now you see guys kind of kind of hesitant. Oh yeah. To, to go ahead and take it to the middle when the Nas is there. I mean, and that's something that Ray. Ray's going to have to figure out what to do when he plays those physical guys. I'm going to give you an amazing stat. Anas Mahmoud right now is ranked in the top 25 in the country in block shots per game, playing only 19 minutes a game. So only playing roughly a little bit less than half a game, and he's ranked in the top 25 in shot blocks per at a little bit over two and a half blocks a game. That's amazing. And he had probably four or five blocks today. And Coach Patino said he had 10 deflections by himself. Uh, they track deflections. 30 to 35 is a great game. Louisville had 40. Louisville had 40 today. They had 40 today. Um, you know, so just absolutely outstanding. Uh, kind of an all-hands-on-deck win. Coach Patino really didn't single out any one guy um, as the standout player uh, for the game. But just a total great team win. The University of Louisville was absolutely rolling. They probably have the best resume in college basketball in terms of the NCAA tournament already. I mean, when, when you talk about you've knocked off Purdue and Indiana – you know, maybe the best two teams in the Big Ten. Uh, you know, you've knocked off Kentucky, the best team in the SEC. Uh, you've knocked off Wichita State, who's going to probably be the best mid-major. Uh, they have an outstanding resume to this point. So, uh, great job for them. And they did all this while being out-rebounded. Yeah. I, I, I mean, by being, like, completely out-rebounded. Like, but, it wasn't even close. Oh, yeah. But I think part of that has to do with the fact that Indiana shot, like, 32% from the field. And Louisville shot, what, 50%? 19% from three. From a team, one of the best three-point shooting teams in the country shot 19% from three. Only four of 21 from downtown. Uh, but... Yeah, I think the rebound numbers kind of get skewed because Indiana was so bad, but they did a very good job getting offensive rebounds because, like they say, when you shoot long shots, there's long rebounds. So that's usually advantage offense. Um, but You know, oddly enough, they got, like, what, three shots, like, stuck on the rim? Yeah, I don't know what was that's up with crazy. that. crazy. Like, I never said that before. They got three, four I've shots, I've never like, seen a dude the shoot a hook shot from the post and then get it stuck, stuck on, on the opposite side of the basket. That's talent. Yeah, <laughs> that that's is talent. talent. But I think we're up against it. So. Yeah, you know what? Let's take a quick commercial break. This is the Man of Sports Show coming to you live from the Hyatt Regency Hotel in Aspires. Getting ready for the big New Year's Eve bash here at the Hyatt Regency Hotel. It's going down, baby. Please come and join us. We'll be right back on 104.7 FM WLOU, the new home of the Tom Jordan Morning Show. You wake up in the morning and your car won't start? Well, I'm Frank Stoner, co-owner and CEO of Same Day Auto. We specialize in brake systems, charging systems. 
charging systems, AC charging systems, much more. We're located on 445 North 41st Street, or give me a call at to the main event sports show here live for the New Year's Eve celebration. It's going down big here. Hyatt Regency Hotel, the Spire Club, main event sports, the world's most dangerous sports show. It's going down big. Haven, I tell you what, man, I'm so excited. We got up early this morning, man. We knew we had to get on the road, get up to Indianapolis, uh, fighting through the traffic. Uh, Fans were driving down the street, throwing up their, their, their L signs. Everybody is excited. That was a great event. Big shout out to the folks at Bankers Life Arena uh, for allowing the main event sports show to come out there. They rolled out the red carpet. They had some good old Papa John's pizza for us, waiting for us when we got up there. So we had a little taste of Louisville there, uh, you know, at Bankers Life uh, Arena. It was a great game. Unfortunately, the football team, which we were following uh, via the internet that they have there, uh, didn't do so well. They stunk to join up. Let's be honest. <laughs> that was a horrible game. They deserved to lose. I mean, they honestly deserved to lose. Yeah, it was, it was pretty terrible. It, it, was, it was very bad. You know what? The funniest tweet was that uh, somebody said that Louisville has like 22 commitments so far in this recruiting class and only two offensive linemen. 22 of those actually should be offensive linemen <laughs> because they need the help. They need like some serious help. Now, kind of back to the conversation that earlier because mm-hmm. I know a lot of people on Twitter and all people online, a lot of people in the stadium were saying maybe it's time for Louisville offensive line coach to go. Absolutely. He's not getting it done. And you know what? I'm glad you brought that back up as a very good segue to my next point. I'm going to tell you why Coach Ken Klanakis is not going anywhere. Coach K, yes, is he falling a little bit short with his offensive line? Yes. Is, uh, a little bit short? Are, are, are you hoping that Lamar Jackson doesn't get sacked 15 times in the game? Yes. You want all these things to happen. But let me tell you why it's not going to happen. You know, are you ready for me to tell you? I'm ready. Because the man can recruit his butt off. Coach K is absolutely killing it on the recruiting trails. He's getting four-star after four-star, high three-star guys committed. Louisville's in on a bunch of super, super talented athletes right now that are going to commit. So I'm saying you can't get rid of the dude because he's bringing in the talent, Haven. But 
if the offensive line can't give the quarterback enough time to get the ball to the talent, what good is the talent? I feel that, but you know what? <laughs> that's an excellent point. As long as LSU, if you can't get the ball to your Jimmys and Joes, what does it matter? That is true. That, that, that's true, but you know what? Tom hope, Brady couldn't have done any better than Lamar Jackson did the, today. The, the hope is is that you get these good players in there. You finally say goodbye to Tobias Hughley, my least favorite offensive lineman in the history of Louisville football. I give him all the credit for being better. He was not awful for three-fourths of the season. He didn't get off until the last three games. And then he just turned into a pumpkin or it went midnight. The he lost his, his glass. Got slipper, abused whatever like happened. seven times in a row. Yeah, I mean, he just got he, he got Mahoney used. is leaving. Um, Tobias Hughley is leaving. Khalil Hunter is out. You're going to be left with the two guys that I think have NFL futures. You have McNeil uh, as well as Christian. Uh, those two guys. Are, that's I, two out of five. That's two out of five back, uh, that, that are back. But that also means that you get new talent in. So we're going to have to take a look at these guys during spring ball uh, to see who comes in and makes an impact. Uh, and then we'll just go from there. I mean, I, I think you can't get any worse, Haven. I mean, when you really look at it, the man, Lamar Jackson got sacked 11 times in one game. 11 times. My grandmother wouldn't get sacked 11 times in a game. He got sacked 11 times against Houston, three times against Kentucky, and then eight times against LSU, five times against Wake, five times against Duke. Five times against Virginia. This is, it's crazy. There's no way in the world. Lamar Jackson was the most sacked quarterback in Division One. There's no way in the world you should give up that many sacks. I agree. Ever. I agree. And, and you know Ever. what? Like I said, I think some of that's on the offensive line, but a lot of that rests it's at the feet of, of Bobby Petrino. It's play because, calling. You know what? You can't go out there. I, I almost... Um, and I talk, we talked about this earlier as we drove down because, you know, a lot of times the best show conversations happen when the show's not on. Main Event Sports Show does not just end, uh, you know, at 7 p.m. every Saturday. Main Event Sports Show goes on all week when me and Haven have our conversations, and a lot of our best shows happen then. But we were talking in the car uh, discussing the offensive line and, and their, their play, and I said that Coach Petrino's offense, the dude's trying to play like – Madden on rookie level, like uh, or Tecmo Bowl or something, where you just basically hike the ball and you run back 15 yards to the quarterback and then throw it way down the field, over and over. My son plays football, plays the video game like that. Coach Petrino is trying to coach actual college athletes at high level Division One football playing this way. And to me, if you have an offensive line that can't give you five seconds to block, why are you running five second long plays? You know, if you know your offensive line is good for two and a half to three seconds. No, hold, hold on. Now you're being generous. <laughs> now you're being generous. Uh, two, two and a half, and a half three to three seconds. They can get three seconds. Uh, a lot of times they're like one, maybe one and a half seconds to do something sometimes, with the ball. Sometimes. But, but yeah, but that, that's my point is if, if why are you running pass plays to where you know they have to extend their blocks that long if that's not something that they do well? I think that, yes, these guys are not, uh, you know, struggled. I think that there's a lot of room for improvement, but I don't think the coaching staff helped those guys to be any better than what they could have been. And that's that's from up top. So I, I don't know what you do about that. We know we'll find out in the spring. But one thing you talk about, the college football playoff kicks off tonight. Yes. The very first game, Alabama Washington. Now, now we both thought that Washington's yes. superior passing attack would give Alabama fits. And it looked good for the first drive. Let me tell you something, Hayden. No, for the second drive as well. I mean, for the first yeah. drive, it looked really good. They, they scored a touchdown. Yeah, they attacked the secondary, just like we've been saying. You have to attack Alabama's secondary. The second drive, they were moving the ball again. 
attack in the second. And then what happened? And then the best wide receiver in college football, John Ross, Ross. got stripped. Turned the ball over, which you cannot do against Alabama. You can't turn the ball over. Now, Alabama didn't score any points. They kicked the field goal. Kicked the field goal. It was 10-7 at that point because Alabama did, did get a touchdown when they got the ball back. But after that for that fumble, downhill. Washington did not score the rest of the game. They did not. They did not score the rest of the game. They only threatened a few times. And uh, Alabama came out and they did what they all They scored a defense touchdown. 11 defensive touchdowns this season, Haven. That is absolutely amazing. 15 total non-defensive touchdowns this year by Alabama. And the sad part about it was Washington's defense came to play. Yeah. They were actually in the backfield a lot. A lot of tackles for loss. They only gave up 17 points. A lot of pressure on hurt. They did everything they needed to do to win the game. The offense let them down. The offense could not generate points. The running attack was over. What, what, what running attack? That was a problem. Once Washington couldn't run the ball, the game was over. Once we came pass only and it became one-dimensional, the game was over. I agree with you. I mean, that, that was the biggest issue. Washington could never establish any balance. Uh, Alabama basically just pinned their ears back once they knew Washington had to throw the ball, and they just c- couldn't simply block all those big monsters uh, for long enough. And, and, you know, next thing you know, roll, tie, roll. And that's exactly what we saw. Um, so, you know, I, I think that um, Washington offensively um, shocked me that they looked so out of sorts. Um, on offense, I thought they were going to give Alabama um, a bigger uh, challenge. I, I saw the 14-point spread and said, man, I'll take Washington 14 points all day long. Well, Vegas Alabama is, won by 17. Vegas is right. Vegas wins again. As always. As always. So there you go. So, um, you know, uh, Alabama, roll tide. The, the big giant elephants are once again in the national championship game. Uh, so, of course, we have the Clemson-Ohio State game uh, that's going to be going down here soon. Yeah, soon, almost as soon as we, as we get off the air. As soon as we get off the air, uh, we're, of course, going to have that on. They have the huge TV set up here. So if you are coming out to the New Year's Eve bash, uh, they will have televisions with the football games on. So you'll be able to keep up with everything's going on. They have the live bands. They have the DJs. They have something for everybody. But you know what? It's 30 and old. 30 and over, so, you know, they're going to be carding at the door. So, you know, the, leave, leave the young ones at home. This is grown and sexy only. Because leave the guns and knives alone. Remain events on a microphone. There it is. So that's how we do on New Year's Eve. Uh, you know, so, you know, hey, I guess we should go ahead and take our last break. Man, this hour is flying by, man. I don't I know, know what's going on. You know, we still have to talk about, uh, well, Clemson, Ohio State. Yeah, give we got our predictions. Give our predictions. And we still got to talk about Kentucky and Georgia Tech. I mean, Kentucky went down. To the Tax Slayer Bowl, formerly the Gator Bowl, and uh, went down. Yeah, they went down. <laughs> just like we they did. They went down and went down. In a pitiful loss, just like our pitiful loss. Yeah, football is crying in the state of Kentucky unless you're a Western Kentucky fan. And then it's all sunshine. Well, now without. Well, well, well no, now, they, they might still be crying. Yeah, no Jeff Brom. So Jeff Brom's in Purdue. Everybody crying. Everybody upset. It's a sad Christmas. Well, if you're crying and you're upset, you're feeling bad, you're a football fan and you don't know what to do, if you're a Washington Huskies fan and you're a transplant here in Louisville, come on down here, 4th Street, uh, Hyatt Regency Hotel, the Spire Club in the VIP. It's only $60 to get into the VIP. All the VIP tickets are sold out. All the VIP is sold out? Only thing left is general admission. All right, general admission is still, uh, so we, the, the VIP is sold out, so if you want to get your face in the place, you better hurry up. It's going down here. You are listening to the main event sports. 
Sports Show here live 104.7 WLOU. And we will be right, right back here on the new home of the Tom Jordan Morning Show. Car won't start. Well, I'm Frank Stoner, co-owner and CEO of Same Day Auto. Charging systems, starting systems, AC charging systems, and much more. We're located on 445 <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back into the main event sports show here live Hyatt Regency Hotel. It's going down big for New Year's Eve. Oh, yeah. Haven, I tell you what, we got so many hits and people talking about our, our wrestling promo prior to that Louisville, Kentucky game. Everybody was very excited about that. So good job on that. Thank you, kind sir. Thank you. But let's talk about these Kentucky Coyotes. Going down. The Coyotes. That is country. You want to talk about Jerry being the Coyotes. The Kentucky (laughs) Coyotes going down, taking on them no good silly slickers from Atlanta, the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets. jackets. No, not yellow. Yeller. Yellow Jackets. Yellow. Yellow Jackets. Yellow Jackets. (laughs) No aura at the end. Just Yellow Jackets. No aura. (laughs) That's right. So Kentucky went down uh, to the Tax Slayer Bowl, their first bowl game. It seems like a thousand years since Rich Brooks was there, and he let everybody know. Man, Rich Brooks. (laughs) Rich, the the old coach of Kentucky. The tweet of the day, by the way. The old coach of Kentucky threw, like, major shade (laughs) on the university. I mean, he just threw, like, some shades. Like, it's great for the kids to go to bowl games. But now we, we won. (laughs) <laughs> you know what? And I didn't even know Rich Brooks knew what Twitter was. Apparently he does. Apparently he, he does. He was doing all sorts of shade on God, Kentucky. That was, that was hurt. That was to the white me. I know, right? Kentucky Dynamite would have been proud of that one. Very proud. <laughs> I was like straight shade. I, I got cold off of that stadium. I was like, who was that breeze? That was that Rich Brooks. So, yeah. So, so Kentucky, of course, they went down there facing a Yellow Jackets team that, of course, the ACC has been absolutely on fire in the bowl games this this season. Only uh, one blowout. Only one blowout. Thank and, you, Louisville, for that. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Louisville, for the ACC's only blowout. Only blowout. 
it's a little, well, you know, all's well that ends well. So, you know, the ACC is, you know, with 11 teams going bowling, they only had three teams that had lost games. Um, so, you know, coming into the game, Georgia Tech and Kentucky, you want to see if, if uh, the ACC could add another to their resume. Well, the Yellow Jackets got it done. They, had, they played that weird, funky, triple option offense. Coach Johnson, of course, came from Navy where they are uh, reputed for their, uh, their triple option attack. Now, now this game, though, was not without controversy. Because Mark Stoops went ballistic at yes. halftime. He kicked yes. the locker room. I mean, the, the ref's locker room. Kicked, What's wrong with him? He, he kicked, kicked the, the door. ref's locker room he door. Knocked, you know, he, he punched a, a little build, a little device on a building, headed into the locker room. He was heated. And the reason Mark he was heated, Stoops needs some uh, but, anger management but no, the, the reason he was heated and the reasons coaches have had to pull him off of the coach's locker room, of the, of the ref's locker room door, was because – and this is something that Georgia so, Tech... So, so was it kind of like that wrestling style when somebody goes to the other wrestler's locker and is like knocking on the door talking hey, about, come on out? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But, you know, but the reason being is because when you play the triple option, the blocking schemes a lot of times with offensive linemen is that they block low. Now, a lot of people like to say that's chop blocking, but it's technically not a chop block. No. If somebody else isn't engaged with you while you go right. low... You, you can go low. But, you know, a lot of defensive coaches don't like that because they feel that's a dirty play going at a defensive lineman's knees. Now, Louisville, Louisville, Kentucky did lose two defensive linemen to those low blocks in the in a game, and that just set Stoops off because he thought they should have had several chop block calls. Nothing was called. Uh, and he was just absolutely livid. But, you know, Kentucky's all, Kentucky couldn't do anything today. Yeah. Their defense played a good enough game for them to win. You know, this almost sounds like Louisville. Their defense played a good enough game for Kentucky to win. Their offense, nothing. You mean their offense didn't score 40 points like they did against Louisville? Of course not, because somebody actually watched film. And so, <laughs> oh, this is what they do. Yeah, so apparently uh, Steven Johnson is not the greatest reclamation project since uh, Andre Woodson to don a Kentucky uniform. Obviously, the guy who lost the backup job at Grambling is just an okay quarterback and not Tom Brady. Like, Louisville made him look in the last game of the season, but I digress. I'm going to drop. I'm going to drop. I'm very upset about that Kentucky loss. He's still upset. I'm still upset about that Kentucky loss. But you know what? You got to let it go. But, you know, at the end of the day, Haven – for Kentucky, the bowl game was just icing on the cake. It didn't matter whether they won or not. This is a team that had gotten to five wins the last Actually, two years. The bowl game was not icing on the cake. Beating the Heisman, the soon-to-be Heisman Trophy winner in Papa John's, that was the icing on the cake. Well, that's true because they had already made it made, made bowl eligibility. Yeah, they're bowl eligible. They had thought that Kentucky fans were thinking, if we can just keep it close, and make this game make respectable. It respectable right. We're happy. But they actually dominated Louisville for much for much of the game. Yeah. And, and beat us. I mean, that, that was ice on the cake. Going to the bowl is, uh, is like adding, like, candles and ice cream and everything else to go with the cake. That's like, what's all this extra stuff? Right. I'll take it. Right, right. Yeah, no, I, that's true. That's, that's a good point. And, 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 you know, Mark Soups, now he has a building block to actually show kids that it's getting better. And we've seen Kentucky have a nice bump in their recruiting. Louisville's having a banner year recruiting themselves. So uh, we'll have to see. Maybe this, uh, this rivalry here uh, is going to continue to get better. The but Governor's Kentucky Cup- is going to have to show this nice bump. Without their best, well, not their best running back, but one of their best running backs. Big news. Yeah, that's big news. Boom Williams, surprising everybody, mm-hmm. declared for the NFL draft 
right after the game. Matter Stanley fact, Boom Williams. Right after boom. Dalvin Cook declared for them. Now, that Dalvin didn't surprise anybody. Yeah. But Boom Williams surprised everybody. Yeah, I was surprised to see that. When it came across the scroll that, uh, that Boom Williams had uh, decided to enter his name in the draft, you know what? But this is the thing. We've seen too many guys go down with injuries. We've seen too many guys get hurt. Uh, and, and Boom and was hurt at the beginning of the season. We, we saw the Michigan tight end, uh, Butt, who was the uh, Mackey Award winner for the number one tight end in college football. He went down with an injury. Towards ACL? Uh, towards ACL. So, I mean, these guys, it's starting to look like anybody who thinks they even have a chance. I mean, Boom Williams isn't going to be a top pick. I mean, at running back, he's probably going to be a third rounder at best, maybe. Uh, you know, I, I think that he's a good player. I think that he'll have a chance. Uh, but, of course, we remember Michael Horton decided that he was going to go pro last year. Who? Uh, exactly. And, Who? and he declared for the draft. He did not. He went undrafted. Um, so we'll have to see. I mean, but so these guys are but looking Boone's at a it. much better back. Yeah, he is. He's bigger. He is, but I, less I mean, fumble prone. I, I don't know. Has if he, power and speed. But will he be? Will he be a, a top three pick? He's a small Wait, running back. But it's hard though because you have Fournette in this draft, McCaffrey, Dalvin Cook. You know, those three guys are definitely going to yeah. Front just of go you. ahead and just stop. You know, I mean, that's a that's a lot of running back talent. Oh but, yeah. But the good thing for Boom and going in this draft is that I think because of the emergence of Ezekiel Elliott. Now you're going to see more focus on the running game. Teams are going to go back, and they're going to want a featured back. Going old school with it. They're going old school. They're going back to we need a featured back. We need do, you think, do you think Boom can be a featured back in the NFL? No. <laughs> so he's going but, to start third down back? But you know what? He could be like one of those all-purpose backs because yeah. he can catch. Yeah. He's a good blocker. Mm-hmm. You know, He's one of those guys that for a team that plays like a spread, like the Patriots, they would, they would have a running back. They right. could do a bit of everything. He catch the ball in the backfield. They can block and has a good burst of speed. And, and it'd be a good uh, one-two punch. Right. With Blount, I mean, I'm, that would be a perfect fit. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, now we talked about this, and I'm going to pose this question to you uh, because we talked about it a little bit uh, during one of our conversations. LeGarrette, uh, LeGarrette, I keep wanting to say LeGarrette, Leonard Fournette or Dalvin Cook? Now, I on Twitter yesterday made mention that to me Dalvin Cook is the best running back in the draft. I feel that if I'm an NBA G, uh, NBA NFL GM now if you was an NBA GM you'd draft nobody yeah. you would go get somebody <laughs> I find Canada. some running back that like no, you find some, never played a game. Yeah you find some running back out of Canada nobody's ever heard of <laughs> and be like who's this yeah. dude? Yeah exactly um, but no so who do you think is better? I personally think Dalvin Cook to me looks like a franchise running back I think he's a guy who can um, go out he can be an every down back. He catches the ball out of the backfield. Um, he does a lot of good things uh, in between the tackles as well as he has the speed to hit the home run. To me, he looks more like Zeke Elliott. I mean, what, what do you think about the, the differences between him and Leonard Fournette? I think it comes down to who's drafting who, what team comes first. Because what Fournette gives, he's a bigger back. Right. He's not quite as fast, but almost as fast right. and powerful. So if you're a team that wants to go more of a, of a power running attack like the Ravens, you know, Fournette would be the perfect back for the Ravens. Right, or, 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 or like the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, the, the Ravens, the Steelers, the Browns. The Bengals. Know, the, they the, could use another running back. They need a power back. The Bengals have a good running back. The Bengals are the coach. See what the wrong direction. <laughs> hey, speaking of which, Marvin Lewis said he's not retiring, by the way. He's so. coming back. He's, he's coming back. Home. He's got, Marvin Lewis is coming back for his 25th season, ladies and gentlemen. 
Yay. <laughs> now, you, you know the Bengals season's over when it was like, you know, we're going to bench A.J. Green because of quote-unquote injuries. Yeah. You know, it's like, ah, 2017. <laughs> this season's over. We're, uh, we're giving it up. We'll right. see you next year. Merry right. Christmas. Right, 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 right. Yeah, so, I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those things that's going to be very interesting to watch, but I know that the running back class is stacked. I think there's a very a lot of very nice running backs. Not so much with the quarterback class. I don't think there are any franchise type guys, at least as of yet. Of course, uh, every time they get into these workouts and these combines, somebody shows up that kind of wows everybody. Uh, you know, like the kid from uh, that, that came from North Dakota State uh, that's now at uh, the, the Eagles. Wentz. Yes, Carson Wentz. So, you know, you may have somebody that just pops up like that. Now, Carson Wentz is always good. And people knew he could play. Him in his division, too. So. But here's the thing, though. But he's like a four-time Division two champion. I don't care, like, what level of football you play on. When you play one a playoff. Everybody was throwing shade on my man Steve McNair and you and from, win, from Alcorn State. And, you, and he had like a billion yards passing and a billion yards rushing. Yes, he did. And I still didn't. threw shade on him. I was, I was, I, I, I know I was you didn't, him. but there was a lot of NFL types, if you know what I mean, that was throwing a lot of mad shade now, on my I'm man. A, see, they threw shade on him because they didn't want anybody else to draft him. They wanted to draft him. That is him. probably true. <laughs> because he's, he was big, he was strong, he was accurate, he could run, he could do everything. Tim's like, yeah, we, we don't think he's any good. Dallas, yeah, <laughs> he's horrible. Right, Dallas. <laughs> you don't draft him Tennessee. No, never, never. We're not gonna draft him. We don't take some other guy. He's horrible. He's horrible. We we'll never take him. We take him right now. <laughs> and the Tennessee Titans pick. Yes, there you go. Yeah, that's true. Still in there right now. Every Good day, point. every day, Good all day. Point. Let's go. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. So, you know, I, I think it's going to be very interesting to see who who decides to declare. We do have to get into this game. we got a couple minutes left before the end of the show, as we talked about the time. The, it's flying by here, uh, down here at the Hyatt Regency so we Hotel. we got Clemson. we got Clemson, Ohio, Ohio State. State going down tonight. You have JT Barrett uh, versus uh, Deshaun, Deshaun Watson. Watson. It's the quarterback duo. So, Haven, who do you think is going to get it done and, and why? I think it's going to be a close. I think it's going to be a, a very, very close game. It's going to be a hard, hard fought game. Um, I think we're going to see the off. I, I think we'll see both offenses sputter going against these two great defenses. Really? However, however, I'm going to give the nod to Ohio State. Ooh! And I'm going to tell you why. The Buckeyes. I'm going to tell you why. The Scarlet I think, and Gray. I think just like in the national championship game last year, I believe Clemson will outplay Ohio State. But Clemson's turnovers are going to come and bite them. But you know what's crazy? Regardless of who wins, it's going to be a rematch. It's either going to be a rematch from two years ago, Ohio State-Alabama, or a rematch from last year, Ohio or Alabama and Clemson. So yes. that's interesting. But that's what's going to happen. I mean, I think Clemson, I think, will be the better team. But as we've seen against Georgia Tech, as we saw against Louisville, as we saw against um, Pittsburgh, Virginia Tech, Clemson turns the ball over multiple times a game. Yeah. You can't turn the ball over against Ohio State because just like Alabama's defense, Alabama has like 11 touchdowns by their defense. Ohio State has six. <laughs> well, I'm going to go with this. Not so fast, my friend. Give me the Clemson Tigers to get it done. Deshaun Watson, 
fights off the ghosts of last year's horrible, horrible loss against Alabama where the Tigers outplayed Alabama, should have won the championship, turned the ball over too much. He's ready to go. He's ready to fight it off. I think that uh, this whole team, uh, Wayne Gallman, uh, all the wide receivers, uh, this defense that looks to be absolutely monstrous, I think they're ready. I'm not believing in the Big Ten. So you know what? Give me the Clemson Tigers in a close one. Deshaun Watson gets his rematch for it all. And he'll lose. So, in the national championship game. <laughs> that's okay. Hey, but I thank everybody for listening. Please come and join us at the higher Regency. There's about it's going down, people. There's literally only like about twenty tickets left in general admission. So come get your tickets. Come here, everybody. T the beautiful TK is gonna be there. I want you there. We want you there. And without any struggle, there is no progress. Peace. <laughs>